Well, Chris Christie, who hasn't officially announced that he's running for president, but is talking about and proposing changes to not one but two systems that are on a national level, this would seem to be a foreshadowing, perhaps, of what his campaign would be all about. Chris Christie, well, he'd raise the retirement age and means test benefits. We're going to talk about that in a moment, and I definitely want to get your take on this. Now, first of all, I want to be very clear. I know there are people, and I was one of these people. I'm not really old, but when I was younger especially, that when people would talk about Social Security and Medicare, I kind of tune out because I really didn't think it affected me, but it really does. Because, see, right now it affects me because of my mom. And maybe it affects you because of your parents or your grandparents, or maybe you're headed in that direction, or maybe you yourself are a senior. And I want to be completely transparent. I'm very pro-union, and I've had some great discussions with some great union folks, big names in big unions that do so much for the middle class in this country. And I've had conversations about the retirement age. My mom is 75. She'll be 76 on June 10th, and she just retired this month. Marky Mark Romaldi knows how many years I've been begging her to do that, right? But I'm kind of torn with retirement, or have been in the past, okay? One, if you look up the top 10 things you need to do to live to 100, somewhere on that list, usually depending on where you're reading it or getting it, says do not retire. Never quit working. Areas where people live the longest, like Sardinia, you know, people out there are, you know, herding goats and farming grapes, etc. 91 years of age, getting up and going to work in the morning, you know? They, they, they don't uh, retire. So one of the things that I used to be against people retiring young for is because you're setting yourself up, many people, uh, for dementia or Alzheimer if you don't have a good chapter two. You know what I mean? Ahead to keep that mind busy and to keep that social interaction. If you just sit home and watch Netflix, that's a very dangerous thing. Two, we're living longer, right? We are living longer. And therefore, we're healthier for a longer period of time. And if we're not healthy, we have access to more technology medically with medicines and surgery and transfusions and parts from pigs. And you know what I mean? Just just to live longer. As a matter of fact, my dad died in 1992. It was his birthday yesterday. And my dad died in 1992 at 57 years of age. And he would be alive today if what he had today that killed him then were today simply because of technology his younger brother is not 18 years younger than him my uncle david has the same thing and he is alive and well it's actually a rare genetic uh, heart condition that my father had and that his younger brother my uncle david have as well and uh, fortunately my two brothers and i do not have have that even though you know we had a 50 50 shot at it with my dad and my mom Uh, But anyway, getting back to Social Security and Medicare, I think there are a lot of times two schools of thought on this, right? Democrats think, you know, you got to preserve these plans. you got to preserve Social Security. you got to preserve Medicare. Because they think, you know, not just because I am a Democrat, they look at the reality, they look at the numbers, and the reality is that baby boomers are entering into their senior years. Some are already in their senior years, or they soon will be, and that will be a huge huge portion of our population, dare say majority, I don't have a crystal ball, depending on the lifespan 
of those baby boomers, to be quite honest. Okay? And then there are those, we've had experts on Medicare and Social Security on this program that talk about the merits of this program and talk about why it's necessary that we don't cut uh, from these programs and and don't change them greatly uh, to reduce them, but expand them, if anything, because we're going to have more people that need to uh, and will rely on them and that have paid into them for so many years and, and need to and should benefit from them. And, of course, there are those experts on this program that have talked about the solvency, especially of Social Security. Now, there are those opponents who think this is just uh, two huge entitlement programs. One. Two, we got a hatchet. Let's cut these programs, cut this across. Three, uh, look at the fraud and the abuse. And then there are people, regardless of ideology, that feel, well, I'm paying into this, but I'm never going to get it. Show me the benefits, right? I'm not going to, somebody right now, 25 years old listening to me, you may not feel that you'll ever see a social security check, or if you do, it's going to be damn so, so damn small, you're still going to have to work a couple of jobs until death probably, and will you even get, uh, you know, Medicare, and at that point, what will your deductible be? What will your copay be? Will it have still the 80% coverage that it currently does, and what will the cost be for that 20% second additional health plan that you need. But let's go back to retirement age. I used to think it was a good idea to raise the retirement age until I had a really great conversation. As a matter of fact, I had this great conversation. I had part of it on the air and off the air with Leo Girard, who's the president of the United Steelworkers. And he brought to my attention some things I hadn't thought of because I am not a blue collar laborer. I'm a white collar worker. And many of us don't understand fully with somebody who does physical labor their whole life. Now, both of my grandfathers were union workers. They're both sheet metal workers. My grandfather, John Duffy, my Irish grandfather, and my grandfather, William Fletcher, formerly Fleischer, my Polish-Russian-Jewish grandfather. They were sheet metal workers. And even though my, my grandpa Fletcher worked until... He was 72 years old. He retired at 65. After two weeks, my grandmother said, get the hell out of the house. You're driving me crazy. We went back to work and retired at 72. He had problems with his lungs because of asbestos and things he was exposed to. And even though we got a check every month after the Johns Mansville Corporation suit um, against uh, many of the, uh, you know, uh, Uh, You know, these, uh, you know, uh, companies like Thornton and Early who sued Johns Mansville and these other corporations who exposed workers like my grandfather to asbestos. Uh, The bottom line is there's a huge difference if you get up in the morning and you are toiling physically day in and day out, you know, whether you're working as a sheet metal worker, whether you're working on the docks, loading and unloading, driving trucks cross country working outside in construction. I mean, the list goes on. It's very different to use your physical body as opposed to what I do. I use my body, obviously, to a degree, but I use my brain. You know what I mean? I may break a sweat from emotion or when I get real PO'd at somebody I'm debating on Fox, but at the end of the day, my back's not going to go out from talk radio or debating politics. So when this came up, and my crew brought this to my attention as the topic today, and they, and they felt it was something really good that we should talk about. I, I agree. So first of all, if you're thinking, Leslie, this doesn't affect me. I'm 25. I'm 30. I'm a ways from retirement. This does affect you, especially with the questions I'm going to ask. And if it doesn't affect you right now, it affects somebody. Everybody, everybody out there listening to me has that six degrees of separation Kevin Bacon connection to Social Security 
and Medicare. Now, uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has unveiled a proposal to change Social Security and Medicare. Some people say a huge undertaking. Uh, He stated this in a speech in New Hampshire. Um, and um, he seeks to inject new life into his presidential uh, ambitions, obviously. Now, this is a guy we know is outspoken, um, and this guy has had ups and downs over the past year, right? I mean, he had controversy over the closure of the approach lanes to the GW Bridge and a tough fiscal picture in the state of New Jersey. But now a guy that can't seem to handle the money and the economics of his state, he wants to take on two huge financial programs, Social Security and Medicare, on a national level. And I have to say this. I think he's bitten off more than he, he can chew, okay? Um, he is hoping that by embracing this third rail of American politics with two hands, that he's going to bolster his credentials as a truth teller. So does Chris Christie really care about these changes to Social Security and Medicare? Has this really been thought through? Or is this just, hey, this is how I'm different than the other guys running? He said, quote, Washington is afraid to have an honest conversation about Social Security and Medicaid, Medicare and Medicaid with the people of our country. I, I don't agree with that. He said, I am not. Uh, if you want to say race, maybe. But I don't think that anyone politically has had a problem talking about Social Security and Medicare. Whether they're dead set against these programs, call them entitlements and want to take a hatchet to them, or whether they want to preserve them and want to keep the retirement age as it is. And that's one thing I want to bring up, going back full circle. I used to think we should extend the retirement age because we live longer. But after having talks with Leo Girard and others, others out there who disagreed with me, I changed my mind. You want to retire later, you can. But why should you be forced to wait? Why should you have to work until 70 or 72 or 75, 5, 7, 10 years more, and do this physical hard labor that is unfair to so many men and women in this country? Now, what Christie proposes is, as I mentioned, raising the retirement age for Medicare to 67 and Social Security to 69. Now, some people may say, well, that's just a couple more years. Why should you wait a couple more years for a program that you're paying into? The older we get, the more medical attention we need and the more our bodies break down. That's a fact. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. That's a medical fact. And for Social Security, why do you have to wait? Four more years to get that check, where for some people it'll be a couple of hundred a month, but they need that couple of hundred a month. Maybe that's their rent. Maybe that couple of hundred a month pays for that 20% that Medicare doesn't cover. Now, he argues these, as he calls them, entitlement programs must be fair for all Americans, including the next generation that is paying into the programs while questioning whether we'll ever see the benefits. Well, we're not going to see the benefits sooner if you extend the ages on them, uh, Governor Christie. Come on. Seriously. So let me ask you some questions. So pick up the phone and join me at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. One, Governor Christie proposes raising the retirement age for Medicare to 67 and Social Security to 69, as well as benefits to be cut for some Americans. He argues this would help younger Americans receive Social Security later in life. First, what do you think of this idea? I'm Leslie Marshall. Come with me by calling me, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Talking Chris Christie, he wants to change Medicare and Social Security, but most of Americans don't. 
Good or bad idea? Agree or disagree with him? 8886 Uh Let's start it out with Gregory in New York, line two. Hey, Gregory. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Leslie. How are you doing today? Good. I want to just quickly go through uh, uh, a person like Chris Christie's resume, and uh, we'll throw it up at Bridgegate, and uh, also talk about issues where he, uh, they were going to build two, two tunnels, rail tunnels, under the Hudson River. And when he came into uh, power, he was, these were kind of up for debate at the time. And what he did was he canceled this whole program. He took the federal money and used it to backstop, uh, for, he used it to backstop the state budget so he didn't have to raise taxes. He, re, he ran on raising, you know, not going to, he wasn't going to raise taxes. So I just want to, you know, I want to highlight some of these things that he does. And uh, certainly we don't want to call these people conservatives. We want to make sure that uh, by doing that, we give them credibility. You know, you give them 20% by calling them conservatives. What they really are is uh, fascists when you get down to it. And wh- why would you call Chris Christie a fascist? Because there are out the people out there laughing at what you're saying. I am not. Don't worry. Uh, but there are, pe- <laughs> there are people, uh, you know, on the far right that feel he's too close to, you know, my and perhaps your side of things on the left, that he's too moderate, that he's too liberal for the Republican Party. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact that you're going to be taking the, the, these cuts that you're going to be imposing on people, they're not going to be measured in dollar signs. They're going to be measured in, in body count. I mean, if you're going to you're going to start cutting you know, infrastructure, you're going to start cutting when people can get benefits. I mean, people are kind of... Well, wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You make a very good point. Sarah Palin's death panels may not come in the form of insurance from Blue Cross or even Obamacare. It might come in the form of cuts in Medicare. Absolutely. I mean, and these are these are programs that are vital to a lot of people in America. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are just barely getting by as it is. So, I mean, you start cutting these things. And, you know, there was a report, I think, in the New York Times where they said uh, if they do somehow get Obamacare to become illegal or null and void, that, you know, there's going to be something like eight to 9,000 people dying a year because of something like that. Very true. Very true. Yeah, Anything so I else? Think, uh, I, that's it for that. I think, uh, I mean, Chris, like I said, Chris Christie, uh, it's a shame that someone like that exists and it's a shame that he actually has power. It's actually shocking. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Agree or disagree with me? I want to hear from you. This is your show. Give us a buzz. 888-6-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. And we're back. Let's get back to those calls talking Chris Christie. He wants to cut Medicare and Social Security. (laughs) He wants to extend the retirement age. Maybe so he can have longer to run for president because we know he's not going to win. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's go back to the calls. On line three in Maryland is Carl. Carl, how you doing? Good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are huh? you? Good. How are you doing? Um, what do you think of Christie's plan here? Oh, I, you know, I just have to laugh because every so often, you know, the GOP plan comes out like this, and, you know, their answer is cut benefits, cut benefits, raise the retirement age. You know, all they have to do is raise the taxable income level. It's like $118,500. That's, that's the amount um, that you, you know, that you make. Um, that's the maximum amount you can make to pay payroll tax and Social Security. That means that people making over that, once you get over that, you don't pay into Social Security. So why not? So this is yet another typical attack on working and lower-class Americans. Yeah. Not lower-class in their level of class, right. but financially. So, so all they have to do is raise that income cap, and, you know, the 1% will pay into Social Security because you know they're going to draw on it when they retire. And, you know, that actually will, will make the program solvent indefinitely. Uh, I saw somewhere where somebody ran the numbers. Um, you know, so this, this idea of raising retirement age, people are living longer, but, you know, 
people need to retire at some point. So why make the retirees, why make the elderly work longer? Uh, when and it, and if you want to work longer, like my mom did till you know, almost 76, 75 years of age, mm-hmm. um, that's her choice. But right. we shouldn't force people to work longer right. who physically may not even be able to. Exactly. Yeah, my dad retired at 62, but, you know, he worked until he was 82 because he wanted to. He did, uh, like, volunteer work. He worked in the store part-time. He had a fun job. Um, the other thing, as far as Medicare is concerned, uh, you know Medicare operates at, like, a 9% overhead? It, it, Medicare operates more efficiently than private sector health insurance companies. Um you know they can do the job better, but you won't hear that from the GOP. You know they want to they want to privatize further. They want to get rid of Medicare. They want to privatize Social Security. You know, base it on the stock market. That went over like a lead balloon. You know, when George Bush was president, um, you know he tried to get that done and that didn't work. So I, you know, this isn't going to work. The people are not going to buy into this. All right, thank you. Anything else? Oh, that's it. I think. All um, right. We'll just wait till see what else comes along. All right, Carl, appreciate your call and look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you for that. Well, let's go to New Mexico, line two with Pat. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Good afternoon. Leslie. Um, Pat. Thanks for, the, thanks for the discussion today. Hey, to me, the best economic impact, the best jobs program is to let the young guy have a job. And the way you do that is let the old guy retire. Um, I do dispute your figures on working longer keeps you alive longer because where I work, we know that the younger you retire, the guys that work into their 60, late 60s and 70s, they'll usually die within a couple of years. I, I do work a job where we, it's very physical and hard work. Um, so I, I just wanted to put that out there. The best jobs program is to retire the old guy and let the young person have a job. Well, it's very interesting that you say that. It is part, you know, of our, our life cycle. And for crying out loud, look, I didn't want my mother to work to almost 76. That was a choice uh, that she made, believe me. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty old school. And, you know, my fam- my parents took care of me. My dad's gone. But it's my turn to take care of her. You know what I mean? And, right. you know, and, and, and that that's a, a very good point that you make, you know, when we have – People coming out of schools uh, that want to pay back loans, or even if they haven't and they've just learned to trade, even if they, you know, my, my grandfather had two jobs. He was a sheet metal worker, but he was a saxophone player. And that was his real love, musician. He retired at 90 as a sax player. And when I asked him why, he said, quote unquote, it was time to give somebody else my chair. At 90 years of age. Because, you know, he knew there were other musicians out there that, that wanted the gigs. He, was, he played paying gigs from 18 to 90 years of age. And, you know, he could still read music, still play the saxophone. He had the lungs, as doctor said, of a 15-year-old, <laughs> he said, when he was 90. Uh, it's almost like your, his eyes got better. You know, you didn't have to wear glasses anymore. It kind of turns around. But he realized that. It's a very good point that you bring up, that cycle. Well, when I retire, I will still keep working, uh, doing my hobbies or whatever, you know. But the thing is, I have young guys, every time I work with them, they ask me, well, how much longer before you retire? And I tell them 18 password changes. <laughs> and then they have to do the math and figure out how, how many years. But um, my wife and I kind of have been talking about this lately. We keep seeing in the obituaries people our age, we're in our mid-50s. They're dying left and right. So this thing that Ronald Reagan raised the retirement age and Social Security and Medicare age, it's not working because we are dying at younger ages today. 
people in our generation are dying younger, it seems like. Well, stre- I mean, stress, crazy, con- stress. I don't have the numbers on that. We can look that up. Stress definitely continues and the, uh, 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 contributes to that. And there is much more stress for the youth um, of America today than in the past. Pat, very good points. Thank you for that. Well, thank you for everything you do. We love you. All right. Love you too, Pat. Thanks. Uh, let's go to Kevin Santa Fe on line four. Kevin, how you doing? Good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you today? I'm doing good. How you doing, buddy? Um, I want to put out something that they, another thing that they're overlooking in this debate about Social Security, and that is that um, the trust fund was created to be um, only temporary and that it was meant to run out. So when they say that Social Security are running out of funds, it's only reverting to a pay-go um, level because well, it's not running out of funds. The reality is that it's funded through a certain time, like you said, and we're getting closer to that time. So it's ridiculous to me to make any cuts now because if you did nothing to it, um, you know, you, you still have what another uh, fifteen, you know, plus years that uh, people, eighteen people years that to, we would have that program fully solvent. People need to be aware, though, that. It has a surplus now that was meant to wind down. It was put in for the baby boomers by Simpson and Greenspan during the time of Reagan when they re-engineered Social Security, raised taxes, uh, particularly the self-employment tax, and created the Social Security Trust Fund. And now Republicans make this big horror story about it going away when it was designed to dwindle down. And then it goes, it reverts back to a pay-as-you-go system. Um, so it's like they make a big deal out of that as, as if that's not how it was supposed to be when they engineered it that way. And, um, you know, also in the discussion, I think we need to differentiate between people after 65 working and people staying active. Because okay. when you don't have to work to put food on the table and you're, you know, either volunteering or doing, you know, a job you enjoy that isn't physically laborious. I I don't, I I think that there's a difference there. All right. Thank you. And appreciate your uh, call. Uh, Let's go to uh, Michael in the Bronx line one. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? Um, In regards to Chris Christie, first off, keep your damn hands off people's social security. I think that was a message made loud and clear over and over again by the voters through the last two presidential elections, as well as during President Obama's tenure, and he echoed those same sentiments. Now, why in the world these Republicans, especially Christie, keeps going after that? And then when it keeps talking about cutting benefits, this, cutting benefits, that, you want to cut something, cut the crap, cut the BS, the people are tired of it, and he is one prime example why I am glad Hillary Clinton is running for president. I'm glad we have a Democratic candidate. And, you know, the thing is that I get sick and tired also, Leslie, and, you know, I was listening to you yesterday, or the other day, rather, and the thing is people got to understand that Hillary Clinton might be the Democratic nominee if there's no one else challenging, but Think about it. Would you rather have Hillary 
that is really speaking for people, no matter how much you want to twice and dice about um, a Bush-Clinton dynasty thing. The thing is, I trust her more than I trust these Republicans, the pundits or the politicians or those in Congress, because their actions, their rhetoric, and their history speaks for itself during the past eight years. You have to ask yourself the Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately? And the answer is nothing. They haven't done anything but bring this nation to misery. And if you think for one minute that you want to have a Bush in in the White House, you know, Jeff Bush was instrumental in helping his brother, George W., get the 2000 election. I don't know how many people can forget that. So wake up, people. You know, the thing is that Hillary may be the best thing that we have, but today's Republicans, uh-uh. I don't trust not one single one of them. And uh, your uh, neighbor over there in Jersey, Chris Christie, is one you don't trust, correct? <laughs> you know, after all the Bridgegate and so and all that stuff, you know, he's the, he's the reason why, if I had to crack a joke on him, if you remember the show Dukes of Hazzard, he's the boss hog of New Jersey, and people say he ain't conservative enough, you know, the guy doesn't know how to have a conversation with others that want to ask him this and that question. He becomes a big bully and always with the sit down and shut up. All what right. kind of thing, what kind of way is that to talk to people? And you want their votes? Come on. All right, Michael, thank you. We got your rant on that. Uh, let's continue with the calls. And when we finish with the call, your cue to call through, pick up the phone and join us. Chris Christie says, cut Social Security, cut Medicare, and extend the age of retirement. What do you think about that? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Paul in Washington on Line 5 is next. Paul. Leslie, uh, Chris Christie's nuts. Um, far from the Social Security Trust Fund going broke at this point, it's actually growing. And it will grow until 2022 to a, a peak out at $3 trillion. And then as the baby boomers, the tail end of the baby boomers retire in 2028, that will be depleted by 2033. And that doesn't mean Social Security goes away. It means the only thing, way to pay benefits is with incoming payroll taxes. You see, but the 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 pad, the the cushion of the trust fund, of the three trillion dollar trust fund, will draw down by 2033, and the same holds true with Medicare. The way to fix it is not cut it. People don't understand. There are no all, other alternatives. They there have been many many things in our history and the history of the world that goes back thousands of years. Economic security for the aged, the retired, and the disabled. We should talk about this at present. The United States Congress, the House of Representatives, on January 5th of this year, this is why it's, this is a big issue for me. If you've got all day, I'll talk to you about it. I've been researching this. They made a points of rule, points of rules, order, points of order rules change that they will not transfer funds into the Social Security Disability Trust Fund, which is a separate fund, it's kind of like save, checking and savings, until revenue neutral reforms are made to regular Social Security. So they're already got Social Security. In their, in their crosshairs. They want to cut it for a couple of reasons. One of them is they'd like to get their hands on that $3 trillion. They don't want you to draw down on it. They want to give that to the banks to invest and then turn over the administration of the Social Security to banks. And they'll, and they'll tell you that, oh, you'll get more money out of that. No, you won't. They'll lose it. I mean, how can you, you cannot run the system 
on, on uh, securities like stocks. It has to be done by special issued treasury bonds. That's how the Social Security Trust Fund runs now. There are four ways to fix the Social Security Trust Fund. The first one is, like another caller said, get rid of the cap. Get rid of the cap on payroll taxes. So everybody, no matter what payroll level you are, you pay Social Security, and you pay FICA taxes on it. The other thing is make all income taxable in that manner because the ultra-wealth... I agree with you there. Yeah, they, they only pay... They, people like Mitt Romney, they don't pay any payroll taxes. They make their money on investments. Okay, the other thing is wages. Wages have been stagnant for uh, 21. The minimum wage was stagnant for 21 of the last 34 years. And so just right now, increasing the minimum wage from 7.25 an hour to $15 an hour would bring in a, a huge amount to, to make that Social Security trust fund larger. Okay, so, and the other thing is we need some immigration reform because we need to be able to get immigrants to, because what's going to happen right now, we have 8.8 .8 workers per retiree, and in 2033, when the, when the Social Security Trust Fund is drawn down, we're going to go down to about 4.8 workers per retiree. So we need to tax more of the wealth that's being untaxed. And right now what the Congress is doing is holding disabled people like me, who I lost my eyesight to an untreatable and incurable disease. I was born with it, and I, had to, I was able to race with time to be able to even work enough to collect Social Security disability, they are holding me hostage to make cuts to your Social Security. They are saying we will not replenish the SSDI fund, trust fund until either Obama or some future Republican president is willing to sign reforms, which you know in Washingtonese means cuts to Social Security. And the reason they want to do yeah, that reforming is a system doesn't shouldn't necessarily mean cuts. But with Republicans at the helm as they are in the House and the Senate, you are correct in that. Yeah, it, it means cuts in Washingtonese. And so the, those are the fixes that we could have for it. But people have to understand, this idea that Republicans push to uh, individualized retirement accounts, this is a laugh. This has been tried before. People go, it, it's uh, prohibitively expensive on an individual level, and it's always failed. Uh, you know, 5% in 1933, let me just give you some stats here, in 1933, 56% of, of aged retired people did not have enough income to sufficiently live on their own. This is where the uh, elderly eating pet food, this is where this all started. The elderly were treated like, literally like crap in this country until Social Security came along. And uh, very few people had pets. Only 5% of people in 1933 were collecting a private pension. This social insurance the theory of social insurance, which started in the late 19th century and was implemented in Germany under Otto Bismarck, for you know, and Spain as well, that's the theory. That's an insurance program. And by the way, Social Security is not an entitlement. It is an earned benefit, and the Supreme Court determined in Kelly, uh, Goldberg versus Kelly in 1970 defined what entitlements are. Entitlements are things that you apply for, and when you, if you. Um, if you qualify under the rules of the application, you are entitled to the benefit. Uh, Social Security and Medicare are paid insurance programs. They're not entitlements. But if they start trying to put uh, uh, things like uh, means testing on it, they will become entitlement programs, and, you, and they'll be called welfare programs, and then they'll be cut. Right now, another thing you should know, the Social Security Trust Fund is one of the creditors of the national debt. Of the $18 trillion, the Social Security Trust Fund is a creditor of that debt. So it is owed money.
Bottom so. line, bottom line there. Paul, I love the fact you're so knowledgeable about this and passionate. We gotta take a break. Thank you for that. Thank you for the information and thank you for your input as always on the show. We love it. We're gonna take a quick break. Thank you, Paul, in Washington there. I'm Leslie Marshall. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Talking Chris Christie. He said, you know, gonna run for president, cut Social Security and Medicare. Pick up the phone and join us. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Uh, did you guys say uh, we had some uh, callers I needed to get here? No. Oh, okay. My bad. My, my bad. Uh, yes. Pick up the phone and join us. 888-6-LESLIE. Uh, some emails, uh, one of which states that the payback is also capped. There is no cap on Medicare with regarding uh, capping. Uh, those programs. And uh, another, David says, the brilliance of FDR is that all people pay in and receive benefits just like insurance, not welfare. Obamacare failed when it became a welfare system. He said that it impacted a small majority. We still have a 19-year runway. We should take a hard look at disability, which is full of fraud. Hello. Obamacare didn't fail. First of all, it would be too early to say it failed. Second of all, I don't think over 10 million people signing up for something could uh, you know, constitute a failure. Agree? 8886 Leslie's the number. And uh, let's share some of those tweets in this last minute of the hour. Um, Norm says, 62 is too soon and the system could not afford it. After a person reaches full of retirement age, it would be more logical. Tony says, um, uh, no eight degrades in New Jersey credit. Big governor, progressive GOP. Uh, Den says the South isn't going to buy Christie. Michael says what he wants is people to die before they can collect Social Security. That's the savings. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Save money. Die first. I'm Leslie Marshall. Back tomorrow on Hump Day. Watch me on The Real Story with Gretchen Carlson, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, broadcasting here, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on the only true democracy in talk radio. Thank you to Tom, Mark, and Andrew today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chick intervention. Because McChicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. Wake up breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two Chicken McGriddles or McChicken Biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time.